Welcome to Squawking Dead, a self-made safe space for your hosts Carol and Dave to wax philosophical on all things The Walking Dead. We're now two episodes in, and as promised, Scott Gimple delivered us another heart-attack-inducing episode full of mind fucks and questions that could fuel several episodes of Squawking Dead. One thing we can absolutely get out of the way right now is that we still don't know Father Gabriel's fate since his panic room moment with Negan, and though we predicted that we might see another old man Rick flash forward in the near future, we have seen no flash forwards in the latest episode of The Walking Dead, which kind of took my theory a little bit further than I thought. <laughs> so uh, with that in mind, as always, I like to have Carol start the show off with what she thinks right off the bat. Well, what can I say? Right off the bat, this was a pretty action-packed episode. I was impressed at the speed in which we were moving because I think we came off of such a slower season. So it was pretty high-paced to say the least. And it was also different in that last season we had all these kind of singular story episodes we had about four different factions going on at the same time so it was a lot of okay now we're here now we're here now we're here so it definitely kept me alert that's for sure i don't know if they're easter eggs or hints of what's to come and and we'll get to it when we go through it but it definitely uh set the stage up for the next coming episode so i enjoyed it good i think maybe the first half of the episode part of me is like oh i am definitely gonna need to rewatch this episode because it's like you said there were there was a lot going on and some of the stuff didn't i think it was actually three places that they were settings wise i mean obviously i called it the armory you know where all the weapons were being built yeah that's um, a, yeah i think so it was it did look like an armory because they had all these weapons that they were kind of prepping outside so that was one of the things that was a little tricky about this episode they never really were very clear where these different locations were so you kind, right. kind of were like trying to piece it together like okay well it seems like we picked up directly from where the last episode ended the way that that tipped me off to that was with ezekiel and carol because we knew when the last episode ended that savior had thrown like this kind of smoke grenade and we kind of picked up right where that left off so time-wise we're like okay we know that this is where we're at but you had aaron and his team at this you know kind of armory and then you had jesus tara and morgan at what to me it looked like the same satellite station that they had attacked when they first got involved with the saviors when they it went in was. And, it yeah. was the same one right yeah it was the same one so they, i can tell you why later but yeah yeah it was the, the same one and then you had um carol and ezekiel and the kingdom that were like going through um you know the woods going after the same savior that had thrown that um that smoke grenade and then you had daryl and rick who were at another location that i guess was referred to them by dwight but they were in the same building as the armory and there's a reason why you know that yeah so it's technically three different settings mm-hmm. uh, while Aaron and Eric and crew were busy at, at, at the bottom basically you know having a standoff they had snuck up upstairs you know shot those two guards at the door and they were on the top floor of that building you hear that when they're prying open the elevator doors you actually hear uh-huh. the gunfire from the because of the uh, maybe the acoustics from the elevator or something but so that's, that's when it becomes aware yeah that makes sense then yeah it makes sense i see you because gotta re you gotta rewatch the episode because it, it's, i know i don't know if that's no. a flaw in programming or or what it was or maybe it was intentional maybe you're kind of not supposed to know where everybody is in a weird way but yeah, um, i mean 
that because it was never and i tried reading dwight's note when rick is looking at it i was like trying to read okay yeah like like pausing and trying to read like what exactly is he saying so but that that does make sense because i also was trying to figure out okay what is aaron's mission here (laughs) because they just basically drove up and just started shooting and it all is just like like literally like in my notes it's like i'm taking notes while i'm watching this and it's like back to aaron in the firefight back to aaron in the firefight (laughs) and it's just because that's oh you you were were like taking stage notes like okay exit stage left enter stage right i had to because there were we kept jumping from different people i was like okay i need to keep track of everything that's going on here so i can sort of piece together this whole stage of what's going on and and that was the thing with aaron like i was trying to figure out like what exactly is the purpose of what they're trying to do because like that I guess savior lieutenant or or higher up I guess like she definitely seemed like she was higher up I think it was like Mara or something like that she she was mentioning like oh they're too chicken shit to come inside so they never were trying to get in I mean we kind of figure out like from a tactical perspective it's like well they don't have to it's like they just shoot some of you guys and you're just going to reanimate and turn and you know do the do the work for them basically which is pretty smart (laughs) one thing that I did pick up on was the outpost notes now I realized maybe I'm slow I feel like I start off every every episode with Carol. Maybe I'm slow, but I guess I'm not going to edit this out. <laughs> but it's like you think this is how we work backtrack. through it. We're we're talking through it. This is how we figure it out. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're squawking. I mean, there's just no yeah. rhyme or reason. It's occurring to me now that the notes that were being passed back and forth between Daryl and Dwight, those were all the notes that Rick was using for the outpost kills, the uh, the lookout yes. kills. I know it, it it sounds stupid because, it, but it hadn't occurred to me until now, and it's directly important for this episode rather than last episode because <laughs> now there's there's an implication that, okay, all of this stuff paid out, except for it seeming to be maybe what Rick and Daryl are going through right now. And right. I just wanted to address that wherever we go yeah. from here is fine. But <laughs> this is what happens when yeah. you when you watch the show attentively and actually take rigorous notes, but I'll never get to your level. I'm just going to say that out loud. <laughs> Now, if you could see my notes right now, just to be honest, in order for me to understand all the different subplots going on, I literally highlighted. I was like, green is for Aaron and his group. Blue is oh like, it's like that. I seriously did. Yeah. You're like, it's it's like either like one of those serial killer walls with the, uh, <laughs> the colored with like strings. The different new- oh, with the different like newspaper clippings. Yes. Yes. And the pins <laughs> and the colored string or like it's, it's Russell Crowe and the beautiful oh. mind. All the- <laughs> I'll take Russell Crowe and the paper beautiful looks mind. Like Oh, yes, I'll take I'll take the beautiful mind reference. Oh, I'll take that. okay. I'll take All that right. better than serial killer. I think the best way to discuss this episode is just talking about each group because it's like it cut so many times from one to the other to the other was like ping pong. I mean, obviously, in some groups had more going on than others. Although by the end, everybody's kind of in pretty precarious position. I would say. Now that you said that, I think the one we can probably shelf really quickly is the the shootout there's a lot going on physically in Mm -hmm. terms of a shootout but Mm -hmm. the little things here and there i mean it's really pretty much cut and dry except for some small things that were pretty clever yeah I i mean the technique i thought was clever it was the same cars 
from the first episode from the season premiere. So they just basically rolled on out from the sanctuary to this kind of armory location and just opened fire. And, you know, like I said, I thought it was pretty smart tactic to basically just, you know, figure, okay, we're going to kill some of them. And those ones that we kill, they're going to reanimate and turn and, and they'll do part of the work for us. I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting that that one kind of lieutenant woman, like she seemed kind of like surprised, like she didn't know. I was like, I figured at this point in the zombie apocalypse, we're far enough that we should know this or everyone should know this. It's like, yeah, they're going to die and they're going to (laughs) reanimate. Like they don't necessarily have to be bitten, but she was like, oh no, they don't have to come I think you're giving her too much credit. (laughs) because Maybe, maybe I am. No, do you know what I mean? Not not because of that, but because I'm sure that they know that, but but it's that they're so aggressive. Mm-hmm. And they think that other people are aggressive. And I think it, yeah. it goes to what we were talking about last week when it when in terms of these people need to be put in a limited box, uh, a short leash, if you will, right. in terms of rules, in terms of uh, behavior, in terms of mm-hmm. thinking a certain way. We do see a little bit of that fighter slash worker dynamic today. Mm-hmm. And with uh, the saviors, in terms of the fighters, they are thinking that they are out to get us. We have to be, right. we are Negan. We have to be aggressive. We have to take them out. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think they think there's much room for strategy when, it, when faced with brutality. So they're, they're just thinking, oh, they rolled up on us. Mm-hmm. The whitest uh, drive-through you could ever yeah. see, <laughs> practically. Pretty much. Oh, that's how white people do it. Oh, that's yeah, Yeah, they just, okay. yeah. It was like a drive-by, except, you know, stopped. <laughs> but it literally <laughs> yeah. had that feel. It was like she's just standing there and the car's just going to drive by and open fire. And that like, was oh, kind snap. of like a pretty intense way to start. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, okay. If you saw the first people that went down too, they kind of just fell. Yeah, they <laughs> kind of just fell. Yeah, it wasn't like an action scene where they like went no. uh, 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 like I'm making yeah, the sound they, and they're sh- waving yeah. their shoulders about like they've been gunned down. But no, they just kind of fell. They kind of dropped. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed a lot of that in the satellite station. Also, <laughs> there was a lot of that. There were a lot of people just dropping. I mean, <laughs> just, I get, I get it. But like, yeah. imagine the stage direction and just just fall like you're a just sack fall. of potatoes. Just fall. I mean, I know that it's more authentic that way. You know, everything people have been told about action movies are dead wrong. When bullets fly past you, your body doesn't hit the opposite wall or, you know what right. I mean? Drop. That's it. No um extended death scene. You just kind of fall. That's it. And just lay yeah. there. Just lay that's there it. until we tell you to reanimate and, yeah. and stick huge contacts in your face. So <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. But I will say the Aaron's group like gave us like a glimpse at some of these like kind of B level or C. <laughs> ranking oh. individuals that like we haven't seen like tobin was in there yeah, the, b, um, the like, b team in alexandria b, yes exactly <laughs> that we're yeah because it's like we we like see them and then we don't see them for like six episodes and then it's like oh well they're still here but tobin got shot looks like the the woman with the short hair i think her name was francine like she looks like she died it looked like looked like she got shot in the chest yeah and then obviously eric uh, not looking too good no, no he's holding yeah it, it's something that somebody said and something that i've read before is that and i don't know how authentic they're going to be with this but mm-hmm. gut shots man it's hard enough to to actually deal with a gut shot yeah. when there isn't an apocalypse and, me- and proper medical attention because there's just so many factors it's like right. you might as well have been uh, 
shot through the heart <laughs> or <Right. laughs> no sorry shot through like just anywhere else but the gut because there's that yeah. there's the, the gut uh, bacteria and this and that the necrosis uh, all these gross I mean, things honestly every time Eric's on the screen I keep waiting for his death just because I just feel yeah. like oh this is coming this is this is gonna happen I don't know when but it it just feels like and every time that they have a moment with it's like oh Aaron and Eric talking I'm like this is such a setup for you just a horrible death <laughs> like it's just like I just kind of keep waiting for it to happen and then you know and I was I was watching and I was like wow Eric's being very aggressive here he's you know very Showing actively up. yeah I was like very actively involved in this in this firefight and then you know when I noticed the gunshot wound I was like oh boy here we go <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know what, though? I, I painted a different backstory for Eric in my head, though. Walk with me here. Carol, take a stroll with me. Um, <laughs> I know I know that when we first met him, he was injured, right? And, yes. Yes, he was. And, That's right. And all that stuff. And, and I think the overall impression was that he was not a fighter and that he had he didn't have the fighting in him. But no. when I saw this episode, I feel like maybe there was another reason why he didn't fight. Mm-hmm. Again, no knowledge of the comics. This is just me spitballing here. And I'll, I'll, I'll probably be doing a couple of, of these things uh, <laughs> in this particular episode. But in my head, I imagine him having been in a war and having PTSD. And that's the reason why he doesn't fight. Because, I mean, he is like pretty, he's doing a lot more than Aaron. He I mean, not to, not to crap on Aaron at all. No, no I, I mean, it is badass. a good point. I mean, I read the comic and I don't remember because Eric and Aaron do exist, but I don't remember Eric's backstory. But I mean, I think it's an interesting idea because he definitely wasn't shying away from being involved like it did kind of seem like yeah maybe from a, a, a personal like philosophical perspective he does not want to fight but it doesn't mean that he can't like right. he, he can he just does not want to engage in that but now push comes to shove if he has to for the right reason then then he will and he was very much involved so I mean I more than I definitely thought that he would be he's definitely like and if this is like his swan song and he is in fact on his way out i mean i think that he definitely like showed up <laughs> i think he did i think he kind of really showed up and really made a contribution so if he's gonna yeah. go out he went out in a at least blaze of glory blaze of glory yes there you go exactly yeah. was that wasn't that a bon jovi song yes it was for young oh my ones. god okay i'm glad <laughs> Sorry. About that. i'm glad because i got the reference right i just don't care for the song as much but one day i'll sing it um i think it's for young guns too i'm very tempted <laughs> So sad um, that I know this. I don't remember why I walked into the kitchen ten minutes ago, but I remember like that "Blaze of Glory" is by Bon Jovi for Young Guns Two soundtrack. So whoa, nice job! Yeah, isn't that sad? It's like I, I'm, I'm very much kind of like a gold mine of useless information. Yeah, we should do a podcast together. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. So I think that's about all my notes on that. Uh, to be honest, yeah. I mean, it was the. I mean, the that's only thing it was really the reanimated dead, which we yeah. kind of just mentioned. One thing I did did want to note is that once the dead were reanimating, if you noticed it, the Aaron and Eric gang, they just basically stopped firing for a little while, or maybe completely because the saviors had still been firing, and the noise mm. obviously attracts the walkers, and uh, I think they saw no need to actually continue. That's pretty tactical. That's that's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. job well done. Done. Job well done. There you Cigarette. have it. There you have it. Good for them. It, something that we did mention last week, a theory that I had. I mean, it wasn't a crazy theory. Obviously, it, it makes complete sense, but it goes to what we've been saying about the plan not being 
to kill Negan. In fact, I'm not now. I'm not even so sure that the yeah. that the whole whole plan is to actually kill Negan at all. Even though there was some aggression going on last week, but it does seem, and Gimple confirms it, is that they want to starve the saviors out to a point, right? Like, literally, just to kind of bring them to some sort of breaking point, but not in the way that the saviors would do. But more like, well, look, we're not going to kill you, but we're gonna we're gonna give you a chance. We're gonna we're gonna right. show you how smart we are, and we're gonna right. show you that there's a better way. Yeah, I think. So I, I don't think like from the savior's perspective, they they just kind of go in, take over, kill that they they they, they approach in a very brutal way, which in the case of Rick and, and his side, and it is more about like, come and join us. Because even in the first episode, the, the season premiere, when Rick confronts in the sanctuary, I think he did try to kind of say, it's like, you know, I'm going to give you a chance. Everybody else, like, I, I want to kill Negan, everybody else, you know, you can come over to this side. You have the opportunity to do that. So I, I think, yeah, for sure. that's it. And I think it's going to become more and more prevalent in coming episodes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, one would hope. Let's let's move on to to the Jesus crew. I'm just gonna call it that because it's just much more fun. The Jesus crew. So they are at the communication station again. Mm-hmm. You have to remember the first visit. From whatever I do remember, the first station was full of a lot of trepidation. We still had Glenn there. I think yeah. Glenn had killed for the first time, if you remember. Yeah, and it okay. really broke him. Like he was, yeah, he, he was he shaken. Yeah, he did it so that Heath wouldn't have to do it. Actually, yes. I think what it was. Yeah. So you have to remember how somber how timid they were at the thought of even having having to kill like they really felt like they had to kill this was a people on people war and and people that may not even know that they're coming i mean they don't announce themselves so it's it's just such a crazy contrast you're talking about people that if i remember tara was there last time if i'm not mistaken and am i right i I feel like i'm right about she she was you know why because her and heath were there and they left after the raid on that satellite station because then her and Heath went off on this kind of uh, supply run and they weren't right. there for the lineup when that whole thing happened I don't believe mm, yeah. yeah no they, yeah they weren't yeah they weren't there for that but they were there when they raided that satellite station yeah we brought it up uh, last time was the I said the two questions but it was actually, it was actually three and you know the, the first question was uh, was it how many zombies have you killed or yeah something like that yeah yeah and then how many people have you killed and the third question is actually why and it really does kind of echo across time uh, the time between this first visit and the second visit well you see that you see that the saviors have not changed they have not missed a beat no and one way we see this is that if you notice as they're walking through initially uh, you see the sign the sign that says uh, Tommy Um, says kill bitches yes I and did the, see that. The arrows pointing to the bullet holes actually. Yes. You know, illustrating that. And maybe Tommy's one of the one of the guys, I think maybe the guy Glenn killed, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, it could and be. It brings also to mind that m- the perspective of not only Rick's crew against the Saviors, but maybe from the Saviors perspective perspective, it was this moment that maybe further indoctrinated them into this Negan culture of further refining their the bloodlust, let's say. Mm-hmm. And here, you know, we're seeing in this at least in the station that there's no hesitation in killing i mean obviously they're yeah. for tactical reasons not busting and busting down doors left and right initially yeah but there's this abject you know gotta get them all you gotta kill them all and we yeah. see this throughout especially this, this setting yeah especially from tara like she definitely kind of is like these are my orders this is what we have to do and that's it morgan too even when they were outside morgan's pretty pretty confident i mean he you know that there was the two guys who i think offered to cover for him or 
whatever, because he had to distract those um, walkers in that one area. So the, I think it's Diane from the kingdom with the arrows. She takes out those two um, two uh, saviors that I guess were on patrol or lookout or whatever. And right. uh, yeah, Morgan's like, no, I don't die. I'm like, well, wow, Morgan. <laughs> I do want to focus on that, actually, because uh, you say confident and I say suicidal. Pro- more, yeah, disturbed. <laughs> it, it stems from this I don't die. You know, it's it's this weird curse that hangs over him that he just can't seem to escape. And I think a lot of the reason for that is having to shrug his philosophy. A lot yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's off balance. I mean, I feel like, and you see glimpses of this when he, they actually do flash back a little yeah. bit between him and that conversation between him and Rick in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, him trying to convince Rick that there's another way mm-hmm. and Rick being very convincing yeah. that really there's only one way. You know, right. very, very almost neat. And yeah, let's, let's say it. Yeah, pretty much like this is the only way. This is all that we can do. While Morgan was still trying to kind of hold on to like, well, maybe there's some sort of way, some sort of compromise that doesn't involve having to go to that point. Yeah. So he did kind of keep flashing back to this, you know, to that conversation. But we have this situation with uh, Jesus and uh, Tara and that yes, savior in the yes, closet. We do. So I thought to myself when this whole thing happened, I was like, well, I wonder, I was like, Jesus's stance. I was thinking to myself, I was like, have we seen Jesus really kill or, or kind of be aggressive? And I had to think to myself, I don't think, but he was a part of that raid on that satellite station. He was there, but I don't know how involved maybe he necessarily was. But oh, he that's right. He led them to, to the actual them. communication station. Yeah, if you remember, he, yeah, he was leading the hilltop crew and even even one of those guys had been there before too. Yeah, the one so, that got killed, unfortunately. Right. So he it wasn't. Let me start with an A, but I forget. Yeah, I don't remember his name. Arthur he wasn't. Something. Yeah, but he was involved. So I kind of was thinking to myself, I wonder this particular, you know, stance of like, I mean, and I understand to a point because you know they open up this closet and this guy's there on his knees with his hands up, and it's like, well, you know, what do you do in that situation? It's like, do you shoot somebody who appears to be unarmed, surrendering? Like, what do you do? Like, do you not care? And you're like, well, whatever. Well, which is what Tara would have wanted to do. <laughs> Tara was like, well, no, it doesn't matter. And in that case, she turned out to be right. <laughs> she she ended up being right. He was trying to, you know, put one over on them. So much so that he peed on himself. To, to be that convincing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to say about that too. I mean, I think we may be a little split here. Okay, so the first thing I will say is that there's that positive part of me. And I know this is just, I feel like I'd be the first one to die in the apocalypse. But <laughs> there's, there's a strong part of me that I just, it's hard to extricate the idea that Jesus is right. <laughs> Oh my God, a Jew saying Jesus is right. Um, but- <laughs> I was going to say, I'm the Roman Catholic on this <laughs> What can I say? He, he talks a good game. There you go. <laughs> really, the, it's this one straw that breaks my back and that's because I'm a camel. <laughs> Middle Eastern mm. people. It's the idea of the plan and there has to be a limit, I think, to the killing. I think there has right. to be a, a maximum body count and yeah. today was a very high casualty count episode. I mean, it, I mean, it's not all very readily apparent, but a lot of people be dying on the Savior yeah. side today. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I mean, that satellite station has seen a lot of losses. Jesus, I mean, well, uh, no pun intended. Very but, unlucky. Um, yeah. Well, I, Jesus did save today. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus saved. Yes, yes, he did. Jesus did save. And I mean, but that was that was the crazy thing. I mean, it was just it, it was a level of violence. That was 
from Rick's team that you don't typically see. And it was just kind of ruthless for, you know, as soon as they got those two um, patrol guys, they like work their way in, Diane whistles, and then a, a good chunk of them come in with pretty big assault weapons. Like, I mean, <laughs> they came in pretty heavily armed. Well, I, I think that they shot a few that were in the quarter. And then I, I think that Jesus kind of gave the signal. And that, then they started kind of, you know, busting open the doors and just killing anybody they found. I mean, and some of those guys were just like what originally happened at the satellite station when they originally went back when when they with their first encounter with, with the saviors i mean they they killed these people in their sleep right. <laughs> I mean, a, a lot right. of these people were sleeping and this time around i mean i think the first guy that they shot who, the, who they busted the door open he was like sitting reading a book they they just were going in okay trying to kill as many saviors as they possibly could yeah at a certain point it's like uh, I, I don't know i mean uh, it's a lot <laughs> yeah it is a lot and like you said jesus was there from the well not from the beginning but he was there in the first encounter he knows about the body count he knows he knows the stakes too in respect with respect to the plan and maybe there is a long-term logic here as well i mean yeah i mean there's obvious the obvious ethical concern of of, of maybe it's not great to slaughter people just yeah. slaughtering everybody you know even though we've kind of won but there's the other concern that okay what are the rest of the saviors gonna think right if we if they find out let's say they leave one behind you know that one person tells everybody else yeah but let's say one kind act you know people lay down their weapons some some people survive and you know when they surrender they lay it down maybe this is a bridge too far you know giving the pissing dean is what i like to call him what am i donald trump pissing dean um a second chance i think that might be that might be the good way to go it's tough because now you're thinking to yourself okay two times and how are they going to deal with this one guy going forward they've tied him up is he going to be passed out is it is it take him somewhere is he going to be shackled is he going to put in a cage so right. i mean this guy is going to be a problem yes yes i mean it's kind of like the wolf like um right the one, what morgan the, does yeah that he kind of enslaves and he's sort of like no we're not going to kill him but we're going to hold on to him you know we're going to we're just going to you know imprison him well i don't even know if he had the cellmate yet but, but he definitely like had him contained in that um basement that they had in alexandria and damned if that didn't come and bite them in the butt so Right. And that's the worst part is that you can see where he came from. It's it was the birth of the backstory for Morgan and Eastman mm-hmm. and, and that whole thing. Yeah. I'm like thinking in the back of my head about Morgan when he said I don't die. And then he kind of just proved that he doesn't die. Yeah. Like in would... in the back <laughs> yes. of my head, I'm thinking like, what if what makes the walkers wake up is the same is the same reason that Morgan can get up again? Like maybe the maybe his physiology made it right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like maybe yeah, the yeah. whole Walking Dead, the whole idea of why they why they raise rise from the dead is is because of what Morgan can do now. But it's only Morgan that can do it. So Morgan Morgan's the leader of like the future, like of the free world. Yeah, he's so he's what the formula was intended. You know. This he's, whole- his physiology is the only one where this whatever formula that makes it work works. And this whole, um, this whole story is about Morgan. The whole, whole story is about Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think the side. I think there are side effects. <laughs> there are side effects. There are side effects. That's the thing. It's like I look at the show and I'm like, God, this show is like I've, I've accepted the fact that this show is not about Rick. It is about Rick, but I'm like, nah. This story. This this whole story isn't about Rick. Like I, I have theories in my head where it's like at one point I'm like, this story is all all about Carl. Is Carl like the John Connor of like the future or something like is that basically the gist of this even like in the first episode of like the premiere where like Michonne tells uh, Carl she's like oh well you know Rick's going off this is you know this 
this is your show now, whatever. I'm like, is it? Is it Carl's show? Is that? Is it really? Or or it's Judith. This, this whole story is about Judith and the future leader of humanity. This is just her backstory. Wow, you know. are having a lot of fun with this. <laughs> I do. I have a lot of fun with this stuff. <laughs> or maybe that's what Michonne wants you to think, and she's really the leader of everything. Oh, mind blown. Mind that's blown. That's her game. Her game is to make everybody think they're in charge. Yes. But in charge. But really, she's in charge. That yeah. can happen. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly. Why not? In some respects, she has more grounded philosophy. I mean, now, when we first met her, she was a mess. Yeah. Although her entrance was one of the coolest entrances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How badass was that? She oh was. She was like in the, like, it's like you saw her in like a mist with a fog, looking for a cape and like two chained walkers. I mean, she was pretty badass when she was introduced. She definitely made an impression. That's What sure. happened? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. What happened? She found love. She found love with Rick and Carl. That's like her family. She has like a little family. So she's, she's humanized. She's not so much of a caricature. That's probably why Morgan is so dangerous right now. You know, obviously Morgan was like this before he met Eastman. He met Eastman. He he tightened himself up. Yep. Obviously, no killing because of the Aikido philosophy. It's a defense thing. What was that quote that was in that book that was pretty cool? Actually, when he was teaching Benjamin, what was it? Um, to to injure your opponent is to injure yourself, which mm. was pretty pretty interesting. Actually, yeah, that's what I was getting to. There were the two brothers, right? The younger one, the older one. It was Benjamin that basically kind of put him over the edge because he was kind of like he had him taking him under his wing and all of that and yeah yeah and it wasn't the conversation with rick because morgan was undeterred he was a rock mm-hmm. yep. he kept to his philosophy and everything then we saw the shopping cart incident where he where he paraded the shopping carts in front of the street mm-hmm. so he started falling apart and i and and we're seeing the results now like i think he's trying to get a grip or maybe it's that he's resigned himself at this point mm-hmm. he's found a sort of calm place but that calm place comes with consequences. Yeah. And part of those consequences is, is a kill switch. I mean, that's yeah. what I—that's what I wrote down. It's like this weird kill switch. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he goes from like zero to like a hundred. There's no in between with Morgan. Like, it's either I'm a pacifist and I do not, you know, fight, or I, I do not kill, or I'm just gonna clear and kill everyone that crosses my path. Because once he kind of gets up from playing possum, and everybody kind of leaves like their area he just gets up has a gun in each hand and is just off to just basically mowing down anybody that one is with in his path like just very calm just very just very matter of fact no hesitation until he like literally sees the light or, or yeah or until he's still told to stop really right. i feel like more than peaceful and then all of a sudden not peaceful at all because that's the morgan we saw when rick had seen him in that town yes. i feel like this is more of I'm either in kill mode or I'm in standby kill mode. But either way, it's kind of like a nearly no emotionless anymore. Yeah, the, the, yeah I, it's, I, it's less pacifism, but yeah. more emotion, uh, emotionless. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's, I would that's agree more that. troubling. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that he's kind of lost that. I think that philosophy kind of gave him a sense of hope that, like, no, you know, like humanity is salvageable, and you know, we don't necessarily have to kill people. And I feel like now he's kind of resigned himself to the fact that, like, this has to be this way. And you're right. Either I sit on the sidelines and wait for when I have to. And then when the time comes, I will. And I won't hesitate to do it. Right. You know? Even when he was like at the moat, I feel like he was there at that wall and 
know, those walkers kind of converged and everything. And he just seems so like kind of indifferent, but he's just sort of there. He, he doesn't have any fear. It's not the kind of life that he wants to be living, which is what makes me nervous for Morgan. <laughs> I keep wondering that his days are numbered. Like when you don't have any hope, because I feel like that's the thing. A lot of these characters have hope, some more than others, right. you know, but I feel like with him, he's just- Or ambition like, even. Right. He's just on automatic right now. Just like, I need to kill all these people. Just, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And I don't think we've seen that on the show in, in, in a way. It's, it's as if he set his humanity aside. Yeah. Literally, if I could take it out of my body, put it aside for the greater good, because mm-hmm. there is the sense of, we have to do this. We have to kill them all. This is part of Rick's part of the plan, which mm-hmm. is another thing. I guess you could even look at that as a critique on the fans in a weird way. The overall hypothesis that anybody that has a conscience gets killed. What if what if you set your conscience aside? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? Just put it on Maybe the back burner. Yeah. No, I mean, it could be. It's definitely troubling, to say the least. And then, you know, eventually, you know, he he's, you know, like I said, sees the light, steps outside. You know, you see that Jesus and, and Tara basically surrounded and got these saviors to surrender. Now, that trailer that the guy opened up, the guy savior opened up and all these, you know, saviors came out and put down their weapons and, and surrendered. That same trailer was the one that Carol and Maggie came out of when they were in that episode with the savior women. Remember that episode with the savior women that they had them and like they, they basically had them kind of trapped and all that and, and they kind of got away. But when they came out and escaped, it was out of that same trailer. It made right. sense because right, they were at the right. satellite station and then all they thought that they were fine and then they hear the radio messaging from like this the savior la- lady that they captured Maggie and Carol and it was like a Maggie Carol centric episode yeah um, that which was very intense how wow yeah that episode was super intense I remember that but, yeah um, so and you're saying that was the same trailer that was the same trailer that they came nice out catch. of but, yeah which makes sense because that the, that was right after the satellite station so they were in close proximity to each other so these these saviors surrender and um, Morgan kind of is still in a fog in a daze and he sees that guy, the one who who killed his uh, protege, the, the guy who killed Benjamin. And I think his name is Jared. I think that's what his name is. I think he made some sort of smart ass comment, kind of like, oh, you're here too, whatever. And I mean, Morgan was just about oh, to- Right. I was trying to recall who that was because I know I knew he, we'd seen him. Yeah. This is the, the long haired guy. everybody's face. Yeah. He was the long haired guy that was part of the, the crew that- um, Morgan was with when they would do those exchanges. Oh, he, he going to die? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's my thing. I'm just like, okay, you, this dude's not lasting long. I mean, like, you you for sure are going to die. <laughs> like, you, you're, you're not getting away much longer. Alive. Oh, he, Morgan's got a special hell for him. Yeah, oh, exactly. Which actually, so, it's, it, now that we're talking about that, it's probably a good time to bring up, and there's still going to be more examples that I definitely want to bring up, but the, the previous episode, we get the idea that we're looking towards tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. And there were some things we said goodbye to, like the RV. Right. But it, it seems to be one of those things, that little, little thing that people do to make us really hate either ourselves or the show for watching it. That's the idea that the past is really not through with them. No. It's, it's illustrated crazily in the communication station. Like you said yeah. just now, the trailer, the bullet holes in the wall with the arrow and the sign and, yeah. and all these things kind of repeating. And then we definitely do see 
see this with Morgan now. I mean, I it didn't even occur to me. I couldn't recall who that guy was. And, you know, you'd think the past would be through with you, but now he's he really has to confront this guy and, and yeah. figure out if he still wants to keep his, you know, set his humanity aside, Morgan. Right. So uh, it's, it's interesting. And we do see other examples of this, but uh, let's see if we get there. Yeah. <laughs> Another note. It happened so fast. Like, I really only caught it the second time I watched it. I didn't really catch this the first time at all. When they're standing outside there and Morgan and, and Jesus are like kind of, Jesus is basically convincing Morgan, like, no, you know, don't shoot him. Like, you know, we're not going to do that or whatever. One of the guys on Rick's side, on, on the Jesus Morgan terror side, takes a Polaroid of like, oh, does he? I wonder what the point is because obviously, you know, Rick took a Polaroid of when the sanctuary went down last episode. So I don't right. know if they're just kind of keeping them from pos- for posterity's sake, the way the saviors did it too. I, I don't know. Oh, I can tell you. Okay. Your theory? It's, I, I, have, I have a tiny, tiny theory. And it's funny, it just kind of popped in my head now. What if the whole idea of it was, think of one simple place that would benefit from having those Polaroids. And that's that's Oceanside. If I'm not mistaken, they made them a promise. Like, I know, I know we're taking these guns by force, technically. Right, right. But the whole reason why we're doing it is so that we can build a better tomorrow, so that we can not necessarily get rid of all these people, but to mm-hmm. show people that there is another way, another way to actually do this. And I know that we're doing something wrong to, to achieve this, but we mm-hmm. will make it up to you. And I think... Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's yeah, I think those Polaroids will benefit Oceanside, maybe even the garbage people, the, the trash hipsters. That's right, forgetting about them. Yeah, yeah but that's a but that's a very good point because you do have those those two groups that are still kind of need some convincing and you'd rather have them on your side, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that does make sense. It ain't a grand plan for nothing. Those Polaroids are coming up. <laughs> yeah. those, I, I keep missing the shots too though, like I've wa- I watched the last one, I, wa- I watched the second one, I and it's funny, I'm seeing stills of it on the internet but I just don't remember seeing the actual Polaroids being taken. It it's happened, happening too fast. It happened or... so fast. It, it was oh it was like God. it was so fast. And like the only way I knew to watch for it was because somebody else mentioned it to me. And then I was watching it the second time around. So I was like super hyper alert to it. <laughs> Oh and God, I didn't I see it like, this time around. Oh my God. And then I was like, oh, there it goes. But it was, I mean, it was so fast. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting kind of pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to watch the episode and tell you like the time mark. It was like, watch at 45 <laughs> minutes. Just, 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 just type Polaroid exclamation point, part, point uh, and then I'll just be like, oh, okay, I'll just keep this in mind. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm like 38 years old and I'm already this feeble. Like, uh, or like, uh, you know, when you see something, but you don't really see it until two seconds later in your brain. That's yeah. basically, except not with the remembering. Oh God, I know, <laughs> I know. It's it's a different type of life now. It really is. <laughs> It's a different kind of life. It is catching up to me. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. I just, I, I say it all the time. I'm like, I can't hang the way I used to. It just doesn't happen anymore. Like, it's just, it's not the same. <laughs> it's yeah. not the same. I think it's freaky when I uh, when I actually can. You know, it's, it's like a four out of five thing. Four out of five times I can't, but then the fifth time, it's like super. <laughs> Why yes. am I still up at six yeah. in the morning partying with these people that are also my age wow, who are really not able to hang but you know what you all support each other that's pretty damn cool yeah, i can't yeah. I, I mean every and old I person for themselves basically no i'm kidding 
<laughs> no, and if I stay up, it's it's not for partying sake. It's just basically like, yay, let me watch my DVR and peace. <laughs> let me watch my stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. These are my stories. The Walking Dead. I know. I know. This, this, this is what I watched last night. I was like, yay, DVR. So let's rake over this really, really mm-hmm. quickly. It's the Maggie versus Rick philosophy. And yes. it hadn't occurred to me till Tara had said this, that there yes. may be a uh, ideology. Yes. Um, I did notice between, that. Yeah. I don't, I didn't notice it. Did you notice that before no. she had mentioned it? Because- no, not at all. Like, I, I mean, because it seemed like from before this episode, it's like, okay, Rick and Maggie, they're on the same page. We're fighting towards the same goals or whatever. It wasn't until this episode that it's like, okay, well, maybe they have the same goal in mind, but perhaps their approach is actually very different in terms of their philosophy towards it, where Maggie maybe feels it's like, the point is to kill Negan and to, you know, take him down and build this new society the way that it, the way it should be without this sort of psychopath dictator and the way we ideally want it to be. Whereas Rick is kind of like, take no prisoners. I don't care who you are. If you're not on our side, you're the enemy and you have to be completely eliminated. And right. I think that- I, yeah. And I didn't really notice that until this episode. I, I didn't right. pick up on that at all. That there was a slight uh, shift in their in their ideology. Yeah, and basically what you said last week when it came to Maggie talking to um, Gregory, even, mm-hmm. she put herself on the line at Hilltop, you know, defending it, first of all. And second of all, always trying to convince other people to, to, to come along, to come around. And she'd demonstrate that in Alexandria, too, helping out Deanna, if you yes. remember. Yeah. Uh, very valuable counsel to her, even mm-hmm. though even though Rick had very good conversations with Deanna, like Deanna would really trust Maggie when it came to being her second pair of eyes and ears and, and feelings and, and, and feedback. She was the example of what, how things can be. And mm-hmm. Rick really kind of just enforced the idea. You know, yeah. It was more of the enforcer of the idea. She was more of the convincer. Yeah, she definitely was very calm, cool and collected. And, and she had a very balanced approach to this is possible and can, and it can be done, you know, in this sort of way, whereas Rick is like, nope, you know, you got to do this. This is how it has to be. Like, I mean, when they first came to Alexandria, I mean, yeah, Deanna relied a lot on Maggie because Maggie was sort of like this very logical, sensible person that, that, that could understand where Deanna was coming from and what Deanna's vision was for Alexandria. Right. Whereas Rick was like, you guys are soft. You need to, <laughs> you need to harden up because this is the reality. This is what's going to happen. Otherwise, you're going to get killed. Right. And you do need both those things. Yes, it's a balance. It is a balance because obviously Maggie knows how to obviously fight if needed. And, you know, a lot of these people in Alexandria and the hilltop were very, um, very much protected, avoided conflict at all costs, right. <laughs> did not want to get involved. Whereas like Maggie, obviously she doesn't want the conflict, but if it presents itself, like she obviously knows how to to handle it. But Step up. In a, Right. But she's not seeking it. She's not going to seek it if you don't have to. Whereas Rick is like, nope, we're just going to go in, guns blazing. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I definitely I definitely think we're going to see this whole, I'm going to tell mommy, I'm going to tell daddy yeah, um, relationship come coming up in the next episode. I mean, if you saw the next, uh, a preview so, of the next episode, yeah. you do see them walking with the uh, the savior crew all bound up. Yeah. Circled. So I really want them to put that to bed because there's so many other things, so many other plates spinning right now. Yes. And uh I, I don't think this this team can afford a split, to be honest. I don't think there will be because, I mean, Rick and Maggie do seem to be on the same page 
bridge yeah um on the first episode very big love fest as they're uh chatting up on the hill so it's, I think it's rick really respects maggie i mean he's known her for since what like season t- what two when they were at the farm so yeah yeah so i mean i think you know he definitely holds her in very high regard so i i think it'll come together but i think it just i think it was just something to kind of show how far gone rick is in his approach to things right now i think what this episode has proven is that he is now at a crazy crossroads i mean he's paralyzed right now with what he's just done yes so to catch everybody up it's you see you see him and daryl on the the top floor and they're not finding any guns and the big the big panic here is that so far dwight's intel has been right Mm -hmm. and now we're kind of seeing that they've gone through every single floor in that armory and it is an armory we do see people putting guns together but this is for the heavy guns um if you if you notice the note Mm -hmm. and they got to the top floor and they're thinking it's got to be here i mean it would make the most sense anyway you know just keep it as far Mm -hmm. away from the ground floor as possible they get there Mm -hmm. nothing and then all of a sudden but you know that daryl is still suspicious of dwight oh yeah of course because he's a dick bag (laughs) he doesn't have much lines Daryl has not had much lines the past two seasons. Have you noticed that? Like he's he hasn't had much dialogue heavy stuff. Yeah, and lately. yet he has he has this weird range, like this weird Yes. You know yes. that's probably the best role to ever have is to to show anguish without having to actually say it. Yes. Maybe it's more <laughs> difficult. Yeah, it's like method acting. But yeah. The only thing that I recall him saying in this episode is calling Dwight a piece of shit. That's it. That's all mm. like I can really like recall clearly him them them really discussing or at least that stands out in my head but yeah, yeah they're on this top floor and and you know at, at some point they split well rick goes i guess one way and daryl goes the other way that never um, ends well right <laughs> no it never does i don't know why they do that well um, I, there was obviously a time yeah. crunch they really needed to kind of step in so that they could stop the fracas downstairs the whole yeah the whole shoot out the okay grail but yeah and, yeah and get this thing done so I mean, I, th- I guess there was no choice, but still. Yeah, but still, it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. But it was cur- It was interesting because they're on this top floor. I, I don't know what, because Negan has a hierarchy with how he does things. And we- we've seen like Eugene's room and we've seen um, like Dwight's room and whatever that are like, they're, they're fine. You know, they're okay, whatever. But these rooms here looked very like, because the-, the one room that Rick opens up is looks like a very comfortable, nice room. It's got like a bed and... And like, so it's, it was kind of interesting because it's like, I wonder, like, what's the purpose of this floor? Is it just random saviors live on this floor? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously what we Are get, you asking me? <laughs> I don't want to, like, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. I'm trying to figure it out. And obviously we end up, what ends up happening is Rick gets into this big dragged out fight with this other savior that. Right, doesn't ba- end the, well. What I'm assuming is the baby daddy. So that's how I'm going to refer to him. Yes. Ba- basically. Yeah, and he had a tattoo on his chest over his heart. That said, oh my uh, gosh. Really? Yeah. It said grace be God. Holy grace mackerel. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Wow. Okay. 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 And then, well, I did not notice that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had a tattoo. And then he uh, opens the door and you see a, a nursery basically. And, and with a baby named Grace. 
Tracy and Rick has a crisis. <laughs> he, he, you can definitely tell that he is very torn up over what he did because the guy wasn't protecting any ammo or guns or anything like that. He was just protecting his kid. Which and is he was what, protecting that kid with his life. And that's the, that's life. the yeah. And you're there. You, you were there. You were just there watching this fight. You know, you're mm-hmm. on Rick's team. You really. Right. It just breaks your soul. Yeah. You're right did. there with him. At that moment, I was like, oh, God. You know, I was like, jeez. That scene reminded me of when Negan came to Alexandria with Carl after Carl showed up at his house, basically causing a fracas and Negan brings him back and he's like scoping out, you know, their house and opens the door and there's Judith on the savior side. Yeah. There are people too. And and they've got kids and they're just kind of getting by. They're just trying to find whatever the safest route is for them to take in order to kind of keep their, you know, family safe. And that's all this guy was doing basically. And, and you know what? Have you thought ever thought about Rick's team being the US and Negan's team being Russia. <laughs> the comparisons are quite obvious. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah. It's it's the way you said, you know, they have children too. Yeah. And it, it brought me to Sting Song. Um Oh yeah, that sings. Yes. Yes. God, that was a good song. I hope I hope the the Russians love their children too. And it just like, yeah. wow, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh my god, this is the US versus Russia. God, like for God. real, yo. I mean, they have children. It wouldn't occur to you. No, I mean, because if you think I, about it, humanize your enemy. Right. Uh, that they have exactly. children, that they reproduce, that they love them. Yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and that's Rick, who, you know, ironically, the sheriff, if you're talking about US versus Russia. <laughs> yeah. he, I mean, he is. He's, he's, he's the gun toting sheriff. I, I mean, yeah, I think that he's completely, he doesn't look at the saviors as humans. He just looks at them as the enemy and they have to be eliminated. And he doesn't think about any of these facts that they could be family men, that they could be fathers, they could be husbands, they could be brothers, sisters, whatever, you know, but these are, these are people too. They just happen to fall on a different side of the, of the battle line. And in some cases, probably just by chance, because they came across Negan's group or Negan came across their group and it was either surrender to Negan or be killed or who knows what other options did many of these people have? Maybe not. Maybe they didn't have much of an option. So what are they going to do? Take their chances. It's, it seems like if you abide by Negan's rules, you, get pretty you, you do quite well you do okay you do, quite well. you do okay so i mean if it means like okay i have to just follow the rules and you know just kind of mind my p's and q's and whatever and this guy's gonna offer me protection i mean it's also kind of mafioso but you know yeah like, you get a little shit here and there sure right yeah exactly it's like you know but they're gonna give me protection and my kids are gonna be safe and all of that hey you know then what other choice do I have? I'll take it. So, and then of course you have the moment with the mirror above the crib. So Rick has to really look at himself literally and figuratively. And yeah, I mean, who puts of, a mirror over a crib? Really? <laughs> yeah, I know that was, yeah. which is why I say like, and of course we have the mirror. So yes, look in the mirror and see like, gosh, what have I become? What kind of monster have I become? I think or, that's or the least, name of the next episode actually monsters. Less that really, I'll, I'll, I'll at least say like, what did I just do? Yes. Yeah. How could I not think that these people, have kids and of course he was doing all the same things as Ju- remember in the prison I think uh, when Juden 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 what <laughs> Judith um, baby Judith he, shit they had to worry that she wouldn't cry oh, how yeah. much of a 24-7 operation is that oh, I mean you've God, had yeah. kids so yeah, I know I, I haven't but I still know there's a lot of suspension of belief <laughs> so <laughs> there's an awful lot of that 
when it came on to the this whole end, points to on Carol. The, on the Judith storyline, there's a lot of suspension of belief. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like all right, well, well we're, we're, we're going to go with that. <laughs> there's no law against marijuana, so who knows what they did? <laughs> who knows? Early childhood development out the window. <laughs> ah, when I saw this, though, I was like, so now what happens to that baby? I'm like, is Rick going to take the baby? Are we just going to like pretend, okay, like he saw this baby and he's really torn up about it? Okay, we're going to move on. Is that I what's going to happen? Well, well yeah, I, I guess, guess we don't know. We'll I guess we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's going to be a trip. I mean, I think we all assume we're assuming the same thing that he's going to. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying like I don't know what. They're like, what are you going to do now? I don't. All know. right. Well, really quickly, do you think Dwight fucked Rick and Daryl? See, the thing is, in in my heart of hearts, <laughs> I, I don't think so. But part of it is because, again, I'm biased because I read the comic. And I think that ultimately he ultimately does want to see Negan fall. I don't think that he would be sabotaging them. But I don't understand what this mission was if he, because it does seem like you let them to like nothing. You just basically kind of march them into this situation where they're, they're going to be captured unless, I mean, it's hard because it's like there are times where he knows things, Dwight, but he's not necessarily Negan's right-hand man to know all the particulars of any kind of decisions that are made or anything like that because you know, he didn't know about like the whole Negan and Sasha thing. Like he didn't know any of that was going to happen or, or even with the garbage people betrayal and, and all that. Like he didn't know any of that was going to happen. Like and he basically can give them certain things. It's like, we'll be there. They're going to show up on this time or whatever, like that kind of stuff. Like he kind of knows certain basics. So I don't know. Like, I mean, he's a confident that can help them but i don't know how much of his information is totally totally legit just because it's not like he's really high up there in the ranks like he's 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 there mm. but he's not like i don't know i guess i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that he wasn't just sabotaging them that's interesting but how we switch roles <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what the purpose would have. Been. You're like there must be some explanation for this. Ha- is bottom I line, feel, I feel like there has to be some sort of explanation for this, but I'm not sure what that explanation could be yet. Right, uh, right. I, it's a it's, it's a kind of like a two sided coin for me. Uh, I do think that f- he fucked them, and the other side of that coin might be there may be a purpose to it that may be really fucked up, like mm-hmm. in a fucked up way. Mm-hmm. He needed to screw them in order for them to do something that they mm. wouldn't have done had he not fucked them. Mm. And on the other side of that coin, and just something I want to wrap up that whole idea of this floor is that, I don't know if you noticed, but I feel like it's not only Rick killing the guy and seeing the baby in the crib, but the parallel of that is Daryl seeing the cell. It's like yes. you're looking into a yes. mirror here. Yes. This 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 whole floor is kind of like this funhouse mirror of them facing yeah. themselves. And didn't yeah. you get that impression? Like that whole I floor did. was so disjointed. Every room looked different. The hallway looked like it was a completely different building. Building. Yeah. This was, room looked like a homey odd. room. It was very odd. It, it was disjointed, is right. I mean, it definitely. Fun house. Yeah, it was just surreal, which made it feel additionally eerie because I was like, I can't quite understand where we are. It's eerily <laughs> yeah. calm. Yeah. It's like deceivingly comfortable with like a little room that looks like it could be out of anybody's house. Like it's just very strange. It was They're very, all very the same strange. floor, right? Yeah, it was all the same floor. It was very weird. I mean, while Daryl's looking in one room that was basically looks like it was a cell with somebody with that dog had food been, sandwiches. with the dog food sandwiches and the funny thing is it's like it was interesting seeing like the handcuffs and like it looked like there was like blood or something there too it kind of reminded me of Merle because remember how Merle was left and I watched that <laughs> right after this <laughs> 
I was trying Did to you find really? out something. Yeah, because I mean, what we're gonna get to next is the whole um, Morales thing. Yes, that's right. We was Morales to... the one who left them on the roof? Okay, so here's no. Uh, well, yes, partially. He was in that little group with T T Dog and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that family was with Shane and their group, mm-hmm. and we got the Merle thing, and that was. So I guess Daryl has two things to reflect on. But... Yes. <laughs> So after Rick kills the baby daddy and, and you, you see himself in the mirror and this Gracie and then he sees Morales and Morales was, he was with Sean's crew. <laughs> Uh, Shane's crew, Sean. Yeah. He's with his Sean's crew. Um, and, <laughs> and that's and the funny thing is that I read the description for this episode, obviously in the guide uh, when, you're, when you're watching it, and it's like, oh, Rick runs into familiar face the whole time. I'm like, familiar face. I wonder. <laughs> We're like in the last minute of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank thankfully, jeepers. Yeah. At least some some surprises left on this show. <laughs> I'm kidding. Right. And then um, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's more like I knew it was him when he looked at the photo, and I saw like, okay, a woman. And I could see like his face was like, yes. like kind of like really studying it. And then they showed Morales. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> right. Right. Now, one thing to keep in mind about Morales is that uh, Rick did not know him long at all. No. But when I was re- when I was rewatching the episode, when Morales has had decided to leave with his family and find his uh, sister or sister-in-law, mm-hmm. wherever it was. He's in Birmingham, I think it was. I think it was Birmingham. Uh, yes, Birmingham, Alabama. Right. Instead of going to the CDC, which you had actually called when uh, we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. The goodbye was tearful as fuck. Like, really? Yeah. The, the whole family was hugging all the kids. I mean, Sophia oh, was there. Oh, wow. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Carl is crying. The whole family's yeah, crying. He was it, a kid during that they, time. Yeah. Yeah, they had known each other for a, vi- for a, a long enough time for them to actually form some sort of... Some sort of bond. Yeah. Right. And I think this is something that if you hadn't rewatched that episode, you wouldn't have caught. Mm-hmm. Um, and But again, how this plays... With with Rick, we're not going to know because, again, Rick didn't really know him for that long at all. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm just hoping that Morales was is more uh, is going to have that heart, maybe. But it just doesn't feel like it is. And my feeling about this this whole concept is that the saviors couldn't have indoctrinated him that much. Or the flip side is maybe the way that, that Negan was able to get some comeuppance on Rick this whole time was because of Morales. You know, maybe a little... I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this develops. And I'm sure we'll get some glimpses as to how we got here. I mean, he's, you know, when he said like, oh, your, your name is Morales. We were together in Atlanta. And he was like, well, that was a long time ago. So we don't know oh. what happened to his family. We don't know if they're still alive. Oh, yeah. I mean, you obviously, yeah. Like, we, we don't know. Like, I didn't see if the kids were in that picture. All I could see was like a, a woman or a girl. So I'm, I'm not sure if that was his wife or his daughter Her um, second wife <laughs> like she could be Negan's wife now who knows oh. I, I, I don't know <laughs> like, you know so I mean it's like we don't know necessarily what happened but he you know he just said say that that was a long time ago I heard somebody say this and it was a good point that they were like well they were like it was a kind of cliffhanger but kind of not because they were like <laughs> it's like you know pretty much Rick isn't gonna die at least not right now so Morales is likely gonna get knocked out by Daryl I was like what a shock that would be for Morales it's like wow Daryl you're still around hey you know <laughs> like i mean like they were both around at the same time they were part of yes. the same camp i that's mean right. 
right, that's right. So right. it's no coincidence that like they're kind of being put together in the same uh, scene. Same, same sequence, yeah. Oh boy. Because I gotta figure at some point after this little meeting, Daryl's gotta come up in there somewhere. He's on that floor. <laughs> at some point, Daryl's gonna show up. That's my take on it. I hope so, but it just feels like he's lost or something's holding him back. Maybe it's just the way it, it was shot, but I, I feel like something like he's just dragging his feet or something. I mean, yeah. you hear this the scuffle down the hallway or this huge building. I don't know. Maybe you can't hear it, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if they had to split up, it had to be that big of a floor. But yeah, I just, ugh. this can go anywhere. I mean, for all we know, Daryl is captured at this yeah. point. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? It'll be interesting. The only thing we haven't talked about really is the Carol Ezekiel kingdom bit. There wasn't like, too much really to that other than they basically kind of picked up right where they left off with that whole smoke grenade and the walkers are coming to them and they pretty much kill all of them. They're, they're fine. Yeah. But and, actually, um, before we, do you even know, do we even know where they're headed at all? Uh, or did you even get a glimpse of that? Because I know that you, I know you were being very religious when you were watching this episode. For Carol so. and um, Ezekiel and them? Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that, I mean, I don't know what direction they were headed originally. I just know that after, at the end of the, the season premiere, it seems like they came across a savior who threw the smoke grenade and kind of threw him off or whatever. And then after they kind of recovered and killed the walkers, it was about, we got to get to this, this savior before he kind of tips off the, the rest of them that we are, that we're doing this or something. I, I don't know. Like they, they kind of like their mission in this episode was just kind of get to that savior and stop that savior before he kind of reports back. Right. So it makes you wonder where it was that they were going to in the first place that that know. threw them off. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know, but I mean yeah. that's that's basically all I could figure, you know, when it came to that. Right. Right. So getting to the whole being positive part, the and yet I smile thing. Yes. Yes. I have to. I have to pick your brain on that, if only. <laughs> for a little while because I mean, there's not much to really talk about. I, I do like the idea that Carol cops on mm-hmm. but I, I want to know what you think first uh, regarding the positivity of King Ezekiel. I I think that he's hopeful in a bit of a naive way <laughs> because I just feel like, dude, I don't know, you're kind of marching into certain death. Shiva ends up getting the savior, which is, which is great but they do hear over walkie-talkie that the saviors have been tipped off and they right. are coming to them or, or at least kind of like alert. And um, so Jerry, who I love, I think Jerry's awesome. And any scene that Jerry's in is great. <laughs> I think fan favorite. He's awesome. How could you not feel like, like him? I mean, but it makes me feel like because he's so likable, he's going to die a horrible death soon. And I'm already mad about it. No. Like, just, I, you know, that's how it is. It always is like that. So I'm like, <sighs> Okay, we, this is probably going to happen, but oh well. But Just no, take it he, in, take it in while you can, basically. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Take as much kingdom, Jerry. Kingdom between Jerry and Ezekiel, they have this. The kingdom in general has this kind of hopeful, positive energy because in their little society, they have built a very well set up society. They have everyone's involved and and actually pretty martial too. Because you know, with Alexandria, they were kind of just sheltered. They were sheltered behind their walls and. And they have their little society, but they're sheltered and, and that's it. And they can't necessarily fend for themselves. Hilltop, same sort of deal. Whereas like the kingdom, I mean, you saw like last season guys doing like burpees and jogging and whatever. You know what I mean? It's like within this society, you have like your your commoners and you have like your your warriors or your knights. Essentially, yeah, you have like your knights and your peasants yeah. or your, your whatever. You know, like they have like a, a little kingdom. <laughs> 
set up and they're very he's him between Ezekiel and Jerry they have this kind of hopefulness which is it's very refreshing but you know they're going to take casualties I think Ezekiel tries to put on that brave front because I think you know he kind of mentions to Carol that he has to kind of what is it fake it till you make it and give them like some kind of hope you know like yeah. give them some sort of like hope because if he starts showing his fear his doubts then they're all kind of going to fall apart so I get it where he's coming from like he has to give them that sort of support and that kind of shining beacon of uh, something to shoot for but I just don't like the idea of this just kind of walking straight into this you know like they're definitely going to yeah that's that's the second part of that coin yeah, yeah they're definitely going to take losses which is the thing that uh, makes me sad although one point that I think is it means something and I'm not totally convinced yet what it means at some point they come across some sort of walker yes okay good you brought this up before I did yeah <laughs> yes they the come across walker. that he's like what befell this before you or whatever and Carol's like okay we gotta move on or whatever I'm like red flag no we don't <laughs> no, Carol red, what? Fl- red, red flag red red flag so yes. oh, it's nothing it's a check engine light this is something we mentioned last week <laughs> I'm it's like, no, nothing. No. oh it's gone okay let's move on <laughs> I'm like nope 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 nothing nope. wrong here this is this is not to be glossed over at all what was your take on that on what the sloppy walkers or the um the, the or, one or the positivity the, the, the sloppy walker the droopy the droopy walker <laughs> the sloppy <laughs> joes uh, no I, I i had the same feelings i just, honestly that worries me it, and it makes me think that it has something to do with their mission they're obviously operating off of some sort of intel or they are doing something specific mm-hmm. and whatever that specific is it seems as though they know they're coming and now yes. and which was not the point of the mission i mean they came across this guy and this guy kind of derailed them and threatened to really get in the way but whether they found out from rick's crew or not or you know what i mean like they could have mm-hmm. found out through other means anyway mm-hmm. but um everybody is is counting on the, the idea that they're too they would be too stupid to <laughs> to try to attack them even though they know they're coming but i think them doing it anyway may actually play to their advantage but uh, i'm that's just me being hopeful you know that's me being um uh, inspired by king ezekiel yeah. if you think about it i guess what you're saying though about king ezekiel is that you are begrudgingly finding value in his philosophy i understand you- his philosophy but i think from a tactical perspective let's let's be hopeful but let's not be delusional now yes there is hope and 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 we we we've had a victory here yay that's awesome but let's not be cocky necessarily and walk into just just walk into a situation that you know they're waiting for you <laughs> like, right. like a big part of the thing that's been at the, been on their side with these altercations and battles is the element of surprise like don't underestimate the element of surprise it counts for a lot <laughs> Never. you know just ca- just catching them off guard like is a big part of it if they're there waiting for you ugh. I mean that that's 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 gonna be tough. That's, that's rough. Be- that's that's kind of like those classic knights battles and stuff like that. So yeah, and I think in theory not- it sounds very very wonderful in theory, like these knights battles and and just marching in and all of that. But I mean, oh, from a tactical perspective, yeah. yeah, this is a grave error, and this is gonna cause possibly cost yeah. a lot of lives. But I think so. I do. 
I mean, but who knows, right? It's 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 left to be seen. It's we don't know how this is going to turn out. But I do think that the the droopy walker will have something to do with it. And I think uh, eh, there are so many reasons to not to be incredibly nervous about this. I yeah, the droopy walker. It, it was like he had like skin pulled, right? That's what it was. Like I was looking and I was trying to kind of like because he he looked very white, right? Like there was like a lot. Like no, I was trying to understand. Yeah. Like yeah. so, I was like, okay, and it's his skin's like droop like pulled or like kind of ripped off sort no, of yeah like half of it in a way wasn't it just there was like one half yeah. of his body was more saggy uh-huh. droopy fleshy than the other yeah yeah that does concern me the concern that i have i don't think it will come to play now i think it will come to play eventually right. and not to give away anything <laughs> No, no, okay. All right. Okay, you can play this game. So thank you for playing this game, because who knows, really? I I love how that little bit of comic knowledge can can be helpful to see where it could possibly go, but I do... Yes. Right, but there is a, a, a backfire uh, sometimes where, like, you are thwarted, and sometimes the knowledge isn't just isn't quite where it ends up going. Right, you know? right. I mean, yeah, exactly. I think it's it's not a guarantee because something right. like that. I mean, it it could be something else completely different. But my personal theory is that I think it will come into play. I think it may not come into play right now. I think it might come into play at the end of the season, maybe even the beginning of the next season. And if it's what I'm thinking. It will be in connection to the flash forwards with Rick, with old man Rick and mm. um, the festival that they talk about and all of that. Okay, fair enough. And at least we're bringing it up again. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's throwaway dialogue. Basically, it's like no, that's not something not. to gloss over. Like, oh yeah, hmm, go figure. That's kind of crazy. It's like, nope, <laughs> don't forget about that because it might come back. That's Everything right. comes back on this show. Yeah, maybe you Heath should see is, mechanic. <laughs> he, Heath is going to show up. I don't know. Heath is showing up at some point. You can't tell me Heath isn't showing up. Dwight's wife Sherry. I'm still waiting. She's showing up too. You, I, you, I'm convinced. Okay. So there, there is no. If Morales from season one can drive off into the sunset in an RV <laughs> and show up, like. There is no reason why Heath, who left a freaking calling card, and Sherry, who just <laughs> left a note and just disappeared, and nobody knows where she is. It's like, no, these people are coming back. Uh, PP coming was back. just at a craft services uh, table. <laughs> he just left a, an index card there. <laughs> There's a business card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, yeah. these, these people are coming back. Mm. I, I will I, not be like, oh my gosh, Heath, that's so surprising. No, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I wouldn't be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like your hopefulness. I, it, first of all, if they do come back, it's nice to know that you had that to, to put to plant as a seed in my brain, but uh, but it would be kind of nice to kind of see things kind of, you know, like loose ends being tied. The yes. things that we were talking about focusing on the last episode. Yeah, that's so, pretty much it for this episode. I feel like that covers all the storylines. And I, I do want to cover one tiny thing before we finish. It's the look on Tara's face. It's something mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have caught mm-hmm. unless you're watching, but as Morgan was freaking out okay, and Jesus was calming him down and mm-hmm. he was talking to that guy, Tara had a look of fear in her face and it was that kind of fear that at that moment she really I'm hoping this but it was the kind of look that says oh this is my future if I don't Mm. if I don't really if I don't snap out of it if I don't get out of this killing mode idea this could be my future I could be this dehumanized human being Mm -hmm. who can't just turn it off anymore I will not find humanity it bears witnessing uh, in the next episode whether that's whether my hunch is true 
and it could have just been a flub like you know just her being an actress not knowing what how to express it but but i but i did see it so you should ju- you should definitely check it out i i almost missed it myself when i was re-watching yeah. but i did yeah, notice I it while it. i was watching the initial watch Ooh, and I, um, check that out. I did note that i was like oh snap she's seeing it yeah so. i gotta see that again hmm yeah it'll be interesting and then in next week's episode like you mentioned it looks like they they've got the the ones that surrender to them they've, they've got them all tied up right they've got them all tied up and are kind yep. of Walking down the highway. Yeah, walking down the highway. Yeah. Hmm. It'll be interesting. Doesn't look like we're seeing anything about Negan and and Father Gabriel yet. Mm-hmm. Like I can see that why they want to keep it to their vet to the vest, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I do see. You know that. what I'm hoping for with that? that? Actually, this is my hope, and I don't know if it would ever actually happen, but. I would love for them to take that opportunity of Negan and Father Gabriel in that trailer and that be your opportunity for some Negan backstory, your confession, your your confessional to this priest. You're in this trailer. <laughs> You're with a priest. What's your story? That's what like, I was I, saying, man. That's what I, I was definitely saying. I, mean, I, I would like to see that. I would really think that it would be very helpful and compelling to understand. It, it would make him a more compelling character. I mean, I, I don't mind the Negan character, but I think the dim- some added dimension would go a long way. I think yeah. it really would. Not necessarily, again, where he came from, but where his philosophy came from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was one more thing I wanted to mention, and that actually kind of doves- dovetails onto this concept. It's that I don't know if you've been keeping score, but it seems to me that the group that has their shit together the most is the kingdom you take yeah. all the yeah you take all the putting people in a box and instead of putting them in a box and, and forcing them into this ideal or else you give them a cause mm-hmm. and they have all these skills and balance they have you know they have warriors they have people that fight they have people that grow this sustainable eco- ec- ecosystem yeah. farming uh, and and you give them a cause and a purpose and and instead of the it's kind of like the garbage people in a way where they have that not that they have their own language but they've bought into this hierarchy but mm-hmm. a hierarchy that has context you know that we mm-hmm. we have some history with and, yeah. and it's a common idea and you have a king it's something that's very unusual in a democratic society but yeah. it's the idea of a not a tyrant but uh but a single leader you know and they not are loyal Negan, but a king and they are know? loyal let me tell you because when that smoke grenade went off like you heard somebody say like protect find the king. the king yeah protect the king or whatever so i mean they they they're hook line and sinker into this man and luckily for them ezekiel is sincere in that he cares about his people and he wants them to to feel safe and to feel secure. I think he mentioned one time that people who feel safe are productive or or they're not dangerous or something like that or whatever, which is true. He gives them a sense of safety. They have a sense of purpose, like you said, and it works. It's a society that works. The the only one practically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's figured it out. (laughs) He's everything Gregory could ever inspire to be. Aspire, aspire. He could ever aspire to be. And it's it's all the qualities of all the different places that we've seen. Yes. All rolled up and, and it's not perfect, but, no, it's, but it's it's good enough and it works for everybody. It works for everybody. Everybody has their purpose, whether you're a part of the knighthood, whether you are a farmer, whether you are they, they talked at some point about having like movie night and whatever. Like I mean, like everybody has like a, a purpose. And that goes a long way. I mean, they're not just kind of sitting around thinking like, Oh God, I hope I don't get killed today you know like i mean they have they have a sense of purpose and that goes you know pretty far and and they owe it to this guy you know so at the end of the day i think that he's definitely kind of figured it out and i mean i like ezekiel like he has the good of his people in mind uh i think that carol kind of looks at him a little like "Mm, 
you know, like she, I mean, she's such a hardened fighter at this point. I mean, I love Carol for numerous reasons, but oh, I mean, she she's so much. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, she's very skeptical, but I think that even she, she likes the fact that he's so optimistic as much as she may not be. I think that it is refreshing and it, it gives you a, again, a purpose and a sense of hope. Yeah. And realize this, that she is buying into King Ezekiel with eyes wide open every step yep. of the way. Yep. She knows that if she if she's going to buy into this hype, she's going to at least know. The, and he's letting her know that, you know, mm-hmm. hey, look, I may be full of shit, but mm-hmm. I, I'm full of shit for a great reason. For and, great reason. you know, it's not for nothing. It's it's some of it is actually part of me, you know, but mm-hmm. but some of it, yeah, it's fake it till you make it. But there's good reasons behind it. Now, I keep it real. You know, right. I keep it really real. And I'm never going to try to. T- and he's like basically telling you, I'm never going to tell you that this is who I really really am. You know, I'm not I'm not this delusional guy. I, I do this because I want people to be safe. And I think part of them know that too. Yeah. But it's more important so. for me to know, for you to know that I don't do this. You know, I will never indoctrinate you. You know, I will right. always treat you like an equal. You know, you're real. Yeah. yeah. He knows that she she understands. They have an understanding between each other. And I mean, he he can be honest with her. Truly. Like, truly honest. But yeah, he, he, he does that. He explains like, well, this may be an act, but it's for a good reason. And and people respond to it and it gives them, you know, a sense of security. And yeah, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that are like, oh, King, mm, you know, but like at the same time, everybody accepts it and, and it works. So don't knock it. Too, if you, if you haven't noticed, like it seems as though he needs an equal more than anything. Yes. And yes. uh, and she definitely needs him. She he yeah. brings he breathes humanity into her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he, I mean, when you're left alone in a cabin for almost for an entire season plus because you can't face the world, you can't bring anybody harm. It's, it it says a lot when she can even smile by the end of the episode. I know. I caught right? that. It was and nice it was too. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> Good for now her. we're all smiling. Isn't it nice that we both left on a uh, on a positive note that we're I we're know. leaving you all on a positive note after an hour in 57 minutes 58 minutes <laughs> but on point we we cover i we covered everything i'm yeah. pretty confident of that aren't you all glad <laughs> i am glad i am glad i think we covered everything even little easter eggs that yeah. um I am convinced we'll come back. Oh, they Indeed. will come back. Yes. And and if you guys come back, uh, we would love it very much. And yes, I just, we just want to thank you for listening in this long. And uh, if you like what you hear, let us know uh, at, I think it's squawkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Did I get that right? You did. Squawkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you in the next one. Until then, squawk, squawk. Thanks. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>